All right, everyone. Welcome back to Sacred Anarchy for another live cast. We are getting into another awesome topic today. Uh, before we go into today's topic, though, I just want to first express my gratitude for all the amazing supporters of the new Sacred Anarchy magazine, which is called Bank of Gnosis. So if you haven't subscribed yet, you can check out the website to learn more about that. There is a free version and a paid version. Uh, but this is basically where I finally feel like I can get to the heart of the matters without censorship. Uh, it's going to have a different voice style than our articles on the website. So if you're really ready to take your occult knowledge to the next level, I encourage you to subscribe to the Bank of Gnosis, which is an occult magazine uh, with this concept that real wealth is actually knowledge, not money, not time, but knowledge. So check that out when you get a chance. So grateful for those of you guys who have already subscribed um, and shown your appreciation with your comments and such. So uh, check that out when you get a chance. And then I want to give a warm welcome to my co-host, my Devon counterpart. That was kind of Southern. Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> Warm, southern humid welcome <laughs> i know it's Hello, hot everybody. here thanks for joining us again on this uh lovely evening of july 6th awesome so i don't know we've got a pretty awesome topic today about symbolism and uh so much of what the work that we do here at Sacred Anarchy goes back to your subconscious mind. And it's something that I'm going to beat over the head a, a ton of times until we really start to recognize that everything that we are doing uh, subconsciously is creating our reality. So if we don't have the reality that we want, then we have to actually go into the subconscious and figure out what's the problem. So one of the ways that we do that is through the, uh, through symbols. And so today we're going to discuss symbolism. Dun, da, da, da. Dun, da, da, da. Symbolism, the unconscious language. Symbol, the word derives from the Greek word symbolon, and it meant <clears throat> in ancient Greek a token, a watchword, a sign by which one infers a ticket, a permit, or a license. So this uh, symbol, if you're if you're viewing the the presentation, the symbol is an ancient. Uh, Greek symbol for strength, which um, a lot of the presentation, um, you're going to see many ancient symbols have made their way into the modern world to portray uh, an ancient meaning, but with a modern brand to give you more uh, confidence in purchasing or aligning yourself with certain things and i found i found this kind of interesting uh i didn't know this symbol when i found it but this is pretty similar to the symbol that the uh electronic musician bass nectar uses oh really for uh yeah his his branded music well interestingly um just to kind of set the scene of what we're getting into with symbolism is most of us 
have not studied symbolism, right? We're not we're not taught this in our education system. So we actually have no idea that symbols hold so much power in uh, creating our habits, uh, things that get planted into the subconscious mind. That's really 95, what is it? 95, 99% of our actions are, are we're doing subconsciously. So the symbols that have these uh, frequencies, if you will, uh, frequencies that communicate with your esoteric technology. And if you don't know what the symbols mean, then it's going to be very easy to trick the subconscious mind uh, or trick the person into um, becoming hip, uh, hypnotized by the symbol, but with uh, a definition or an energy that is actually not its true equal um, definition. So as you will see, as we go into looking at some of the modern symbols that, you know, we should start really taking notice of all the symbols in our life, you know, from the logos that we see in our Netflix shows to the emblems on, um, you know, uniforms and such. Uh, we do see symbols everywhere, you guys. And we kind of take for granted that they actually have uh, an interaction, an alchemical uh, interaction with our psyche. So, let's get so, into this. See what the uh, Webster's definition of the word symbol touches upon some of this. Um, you know, the first definition is the symbol is an authoritative summary of faith or doctrine, um, your creed, mm. if you will. Uh, to something that stands for or suggests something else by reason of relationship, association, convention, or accidental resemblance, especially a visible sign of something invisible, such as the lion is a symbol of courage. Uh, three, an arbitrary or conventional sign used in writing or printing relating to a particular field to represent operations, quantities, elements, relations, or qualities. Um, and four, which was uh, surprising to see in the, the modern terminologies, a symbol is an object or act representing something in the unconscious mind that has been repressed, such as a phallic symbol. So that is very fascinating. So, you know, the first thing that popped in my mind is um, the sacred anarchy logo, you know, the serpent and, you know, I remember when I first launched Sacred Anarchy and, you know, I got these people that are like, how dare you use the serpent? It's demonic. That's the devil. Like, and the serpent is such a beautiful symbol of, of power, of Kundalini, of spiritual uh, ascension and uh, all the misnomers and the uh, un, uh, subconscious programming of fear uh, around certain symbols. I mean, that a symbol could create such a a reaction, uh, seeing a serpent and having that have such a, a visceral reaction to people um, without actually knowing, you know, what that symbol truly represents and how it has an effect on our being. Thoughts? Yes. Thoughts. The serpent, the kundalini, the well, cobra. Yeah, well, we're going to get into all of that 
um, here shortly is the the master, um, uh, the master of symbolic language and what they represent in the human psyche was Carl Jung. Uh, Carl's last book was Man and His Symbols. It was one of his most profound works and, you know, speaks very um, in depth on this, this um, interaction between our, our, our minds, our, our conscious and unconscious um, thoughts and how images are, how, how ancient images impact us, but how we also have our own images that we create. So moving on, um, like written language, symbols carry with them meaning that allows us to communicate with each other. But unlike language, many ancient symbols also contain something more, a deep meaning that lies in the base of our subconscious. What you're seeing here and I hope you can watch this, is uh, this simple symbol of a circle with a dot in the middle, um, which, for those that don't know, this is the ancient symbol of the sun. This is um, was used all over the ancient world to communicate the sun to one another. It was a simple circle with a dot, something that we all draw as children, um, and when you you sit in your daily life uh and you 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 move through your your daily life and you watch movies shows you drive around town you you go to to shopping centers you see corporations it all of a sudden takes on another meaning um cuz you've seen it all over the place it's target <laughs> target took the the ancient symbol of the sun and as as Carl called it, you know, these symbols are archetypes. It's an archaic image or universal thought form that influences the feelings and action of an individual. These are so embedded in your unconscious mind. It's it's not even funny. We're talking about this symbol goes back somewhere around thirty to forty thousand years in cave paintings and, and well, it's the glyph for the sun in astrology for, yeah. for the astrologers. You guys know what the glyph is for the sun and how important the sun sign is in your astrological birth chart, you know, and you know, it is your spiritual personality. And so this glyph representing something so powerful and here it is attached to a big conglomerate yeah. chain store. Yeah, think wanting you to subconsciously know that they are very powerful. Yeah, I mean the sun. The sun is the uh, the universal um, source of energy for all mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. It's it it's always giving. It never stops. If the sun didn't rise tomorrow morning. <laughs> We've got a whole lot more on our, our minds than what can we get on sale at Target because it's it's that it's the anchor of life. So for a modern brand, and this is Target's not the only one. Yeah, like, this is a militaries use this symbol as well for might and power. Um, but to to align the sun, the thing that gives all energy to plants, animals, 
um, you know, us to be aligned with some dealer of cheap, you know, consumer (laughs) goods and towels and waste paper baskets and cheap, uh, uh, you know, plastic flower arrangements. It's, it's, it's really funny. I don't know how else to like, look at it, you know, in, in having the knowledge of, of, of what the archetype really is, but there it is in our subconscious yeah. thinking, this is, we're going to die without target, i.e. the sun. Yeah. How many, <laughs> how many hundreds of millions of people around the world shop at targets and have no clue that that image is speaking to them unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Their unconscious mind understands it. Absolutely. I need my daily fix mind, of the sun. Oh, it's a circle. <laughs> That's the target. Pull off at the interstate, honey. I need a I need a scented candle. <laughs> we actually have a target right here. Oh, let's uh, go. Just jump up. Uh, so moving on from Carl's uh, uh, thoughts on the the unconscious uh, and the archetypes he proposed that these images patterns prototype are or patterns or prototypes for ideas are derived from the universal or collective unconscious according to Jung, the collective unconscious is an inherited psyche or reservoir of experience and is common to all members of a specific species that's right species this does not just affect humanity there's been studies over the years of how archetypes actually affect species of birds and mammals like wow. reptile i they they can recognize an archetype and have a collective reaction to an image a symbol of a predator you know they they react and you know that collective unconscious that's the you know the reservoir of collective experiences over the entire existence of humanity yeah i was saying just a moment ago about the sun symbol going back 30 40,000 years to, to cave paintings like your 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 parents grandparents great-grandparents so so on and so forth for thousands of years of ancestral connections all have that image ingrained in their brain and it's passed down we know it without even knowing it well it's like okay so this cross i know we're looking at a circle with the cross here but you know the majority of people associate the cross with christianity because the cross is so much more ancient than christianity but now the cross has been stored in the collective unconscious to represent the thing that you know, the archetype of Jesus died on. So you you can see how symbols are used to change their their initial meaning. And the more that it's, you know, over time, the repetition, that's what programs the subconscious mind, repetition, repetition, you ingrain it into the collective unconscious until one, it is believed, even if it is untrue. And that's where we start to birth the egregores, the egregores that are attached to these symbols and archetypes. Yes. And this, this symbol, 
the circle with a cross through it is the ancient symbol for Earth. So this is your north, south, east, and west quadrants. It represents the symbol, uh, the seasons. It again goes back tens of thousands of years. And where do we see this today? So I just I'm just picking one example. Mm -hmm. uh, boom, BMW, German luxury automobiles. Uh, uses the ancient symbol for the earth to again speak to your what your your sensible grounded behavior because mm -hmm. there's nothing more sensible than purchasing a hundred and fifty thousand dollar <laughs> luxury automobile and you know getting uh massively enslaved through uh usury and debt for it uh so uh speaking from the slide archetypes can be described as blueprints of our souls these are primordial images or patterns of behavior that we are born with. The great Greek philosopher Plato is credited with originating the concept of archetypes. So we talk about archetypes a lot in the mythic city method for those of you guys who have gone through that experience and what you pull out from that experience is so massive because you're basically extracting and uh extracting the archetypes that live within your domain, your esoteric technology, what I'm referring to as a mythic city. And, you know, we all have them. We have many different archetypes that uh, help us to live our life, to help us, you know, guide us along the path. But through symbols and through these archetypes, they still have to be uh, nourished. So if we're nourishing our our subconscious, which is where the archetypes reside, with symbols that have been diluted, have been uh, perverted, changed, then all of a sudden we can start asking different questions of where does this uh, behavior come from? Oh, it's this archetype. Well, where did this archetype get that idea? Well, it got it from, you know, the symbol of target where, you know, we just kept, you know, getting into credit card debt because kept buying cheap stuff or whatever the thing is. So you start to understand it, you know, you can start to decode yourself by looking at the archetypes, i.e. your behaviors, and then nourish the archetype, mature the archetype. And then all of a sudden you change the behavior and that behavior starts to deliver different results in your life. And all of a sudden you start to see the manifestations that you've been longing for come to fruition diggity boom in his theory of aesthetics young describes that symbols are produced and at times expressed in geometric forms humans semi-humans gods and goddesses animals and plants their symbolic content rises from the unconscious to the consciousness by the unconscious through the archetype all right, so symbols are produced and expressed through geometric forms. Humans, okay, so we're looking at an image. Is this Lilith? Is this Samaramis? Who is yeah, this? you could say it's Samaramis, Lilith, uh, Ishtar. They all are the mm -hmm. same thing. Uh, so basically art, any kind of art 
you know, the creation of art is coming and, and being expressed through your subconscious, but also the interaction or the viewing of art is having an, an, an interaction as well. So, yes. And you're going to see, you know, watch this a couple of times, think about it, read, read uh, man and his symbols and start to apply these concepts to not just the corporate logos, which you spoke, spoke about, but the other archetypes that you see in, um, in your, your waking life, you know, your whole life, you've been, you've been manipulated with these unconscious ideas of the goddess and um they appear uh the goddess most commonly appears to you since you're a young person in the modern day version of a female actress or a musical artist this is you you can find almost identical Mm. costumes of this uh sumerian babylonian goddess dressed up as madonna yeah madonna has stage clothes that almost identically look like that and you'll find it with other artists and the said the hollywood actresses all speaking to your unconscious mind mm -hmm. making you feel comfortable because you've you've known this person this 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 archetype archetype your whole mm -hmm. life just slip it in there and yet now we start to see them unconsciously in this way and it's and it, so all of these theatrics right these um ceremonies right this not that i watched the super bowl but the halftime of super bowl is like this whole performance right and it's all very ritual it's very subconscious in nature intentionally and so when we start to recognize that everything we are viewing through our eyes you know what we're seeing that's part of your five senses your five senses are attached to the five elements right so you're having a magical experience just through the vision right through smell through touch through taste and so forth so everything that you are taking in with your eyes is getting stored in the subconscious and when the thing that you're viewing is ritual in nature meaning there is an intention right that's the ritual or the ceremony when there is a group of people performing a ritual it is communicating with your subconscious whether you know so or not and so the more that you understand what the symbols actually mean then you're you're, you're more empowered to uh direct your domain and, and decide what to do with that information consciously yeah it makes me think of the terence mckenna quote if um you don't have your own plan then yeah. you're part of someone else's so if you're not aware of what's going on damn well be sure that someone else knows what they're imprinting on your unconscious. So a symbol is a sign which has further layers of intrinsic meaning. A symbol means more than it literally, quote, says. Many writers tend to mix up the meaning of a sign with a symbol. Jung explains the difference between signs and symbols in just a few words. The sign is always less than the concept it represents, while a symbol always stands for something more 
than its obvious and immediate meaning. Symbols, moreover, are natural and spontaneous products. There's Carl, picture of Carl in our, our uh, presentation explaining um, a uh, mandala. A deep, deep layered meaning in a, in a symbol. Wow. It's interesting that when I think about the sign, like a stop sign, like a, what is that, an octagon? Yeah, octagon. The shape. Why did they choose an octagon for the stop sign? So when I see this, the sign is always less than the concept it represents. So even the very simplistic stop sign it's not just a stop sign, right? It, there, it's that's just the sign that, which is always less than what it actually represents. So when you start to look into eight, right, eight-sided geometric uh, design, and then you start to get to understand its origins. And I, we're always going to go back to trying to get to the root of everything, because then you're looking for the esoteric teaching within everything. So I just put, uh, chose to pick a um, uh, common animal symbol of the uh, eagle. Um, and the golden eagle so we can see how this this simple animal um symbol not a sign but a symbol has has been used you know today and you know thousands of years ago so the golden eagle is the national symbol of several countries currently germany mexico and egypt all use the golden eagle on their national emblem in ancient Rome, an infantry unit was divided into legions. A standard bearer carried before the legion a staff with a symbol to lead the troops into battle. And the most famous one was the Aquila, or the eagle. The, the most prideful position in the Roman legion was to stand out front with this giant staff with the golden eagle. And if, you, if you're looking at the slide, the, the eagle is, is adorned with oak leaves, an ancient ancient druidic um, mm -hmm. warrior you know pa passageway to the the next life so adorning the the soldiers for uh for death um and they the, the guy would go right out in the front and usually get get hammered with a spear like immediately um it was super stoked um so native americans consider also consider the eagle to be a messenger of the gods of all the feathers, the golden eagle feather was the most coveted. So shown above is a stylized version of the Thunderbird symbol of um, um, and throughout history, eagles have represented the sun, honesty, truth, majesty, strength, courage, wisdom, power, and freedom. And over to the right, I've got the American um, United States um, great seal of the bald eagle. Uh, adorned with an olive branch and 13 arrows with a seal of 13 stars above its head that were all silver, symbolizing the moon. So you've got a solar and 
lunar uh, combination within the, the Great Seal. Uh, lots and lots of Kabbalistic and Masonic symbolism within this one, what most people would just think of, a picture of a bird. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so deep. Well, and it's communicating that they are in charge, right? Represents power. And this is what they've chosen to represent themselves even though the symbol has such great depth to it, but are we really being correctly represented uh, with this symbol, knowing that there is so little freedom? You know, wisdom is not um, is not taught, is not, we're not taught in such a way that wisdom can even be attained. You know, wisdom is something you have to work very hard at acquiring because it's not something that is truly a value in this country even. So it's just interesting that the dichotomy, the paradox, the the untruthfulness um, of what, not just what it represents, but what it has not shown to be true in what it is representing. Irony. Let's call it irony. Mm. It's ironic. <laughs> so we've talked about the the archetypes of symbols and, you know, the ancient, ancient, um, Esoteric meaning being incorporated into the, the modern age, uh, but another very fascinating uh, Jungian um, idea is of the personal symbol in that we create our own personal symbols within our dreams. So it's our unconscious projections um, creating the art uh that helps define us as individuals. So Carl said, there is no difference in principle between organic and psychic growth. As a plant produces its flower, so the psyche creates its symbol. Mm. Every dream is evidence of this process. By observing many dreams of his patients, Jung discovered that not only dreams were relevant to the life of the dreamers, but there, that there exists a pattern of psychological importance, which he, he termed the process of individuation. He believed that the unconscious was purposely trying to communicate through the consciousness in order to bring forth a sense of wholeness and added meaning to our lives. And this picture is actually one of Carl's own uh, paintings. He's, he did a lot of, uh, mandalas of his own that expressed his his uh, unconscious mind you know just constantly recording his dreams and then drawing out his dreams in the 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 path to unify the conscious and unconscious mm -hmm. mind carl is probably the foremost pioneer of un unconsciousness you know he's probably the most holistic individuated 
individual, you know, person that we've, we've had write and speak and teach about the subject. And I think this just brings us back to the importance of art. I mean, I really, we're all artists, you know, we've been conditioned to think that some of us are just born with the creative bone and, you know, I'm just more left brain than right brain. Therefore, you know, I'm not creative and it's just absolutely nonsense. You know, we all have polarity, right? We all have gender, masculine and feminine energy. And when we start to use our creative faculties, it starts to unify that unconscious and conscious minds that are energies that live within us. So, you know, if there is something that you've been wanting to do creatively, you know, build a website, take up painting, music, um, whatever it is for you, that act, that very act of expression, you know, whether you pull in your dreams and, you know, I get so many downloads from my dreams, you know, for classes to teach and such, but, you know, really flexing that artist, that inner artist, the, the artist journey, I think it was Joseph Campbell. Um, and watch how things start to, to manifest in your life. I think, you know, that red book that we have of Carl Jung, that's just, yeah. if you don't have that book, that book is incredible and truly shows not only the brilliance of this man, but he captured it in his art. You know, it's just so beautiful. Moving on, he'll uh, explain how he used it to uh, heal his patients. Sweet. So the little meme uh, slide is a quote Carl saying, I sketched every morning in a notebook, a small circular drawing, a mandala, which seemed to correspond to my inner situation at the time. At the time, Carl was not a trained uh, technical artist. You know, I think back to like, we're all artists. Mm -hmm. um, we are, uh, we are indoctrinated to believe that art is a technical process, that it's only a the highest technical people are allowed to create art. And that's, you know, just watch the Bob, Bob Ross documentary. Mm -hmm. That's not, not the case. Like you just need a piece of paper and a utensil to, to work with and just go for it. Um, so what Carl would do with his patients is uh, he would use the mandalas in his psychotherapy by getting the patients who had no knowledge of it to create individual mandalas this enabled him or her or him, him to identify emotional disorders and work towards wholeness in personality. He stated that the mandala is like a design that triggers something within us, a sacred geometry, geometry in which we recognize ourself and our place in the cosmos. Like Jung stated, it became increasingly plain to me that the mandala is the center. It is the exponent of all paths. It is the path to the center, to individuation. Beautiful. You know, that was one of the things we've been working towards with the Sacred Anarchy Temple is getting 
some mandalas um, framed and available to sell. So, you know, we have a lot of um, mystical and spiritual art all over our home, um, modern art too, but uh, just a lot of things that are communicating um, peace and serenity and honesty and truth and and the symbols that correspond with those things. And again, you know, what you surround yourself with, your environment, uh, really plays a vital role in your experience with life. So just even having, like, I have a lot of sigils in my office that I've drawn, but just having little pieces of art, you know, whether it's uh, a little framed piece of art in your bathroom or a bulletin board with just your favorite images. Um, there's so much that can start to transform within you when you have these little pieces of gold yeah. everywhere. And it's it's speaking speaking to your unconscious mind. So it's it's working without you realizing mm -hmm. it. It's it's programming you. It's it's imprinting on your unconscious to to create solitude, to create strength, to create courage, to create it's kind of whatever like the intrinsic, you know, esoteric sim, sim, uh, symbol has. Like we we have uh, we have statues of Hermes, we have pictures of um, eagles, we have mm -hmm. you know statuettes of owls, we have mandalas, we have all these things around us that speak to us, and and um, it. it it's um, frightening to me that when I I meet people or go to their homes and they have the the um, their target uh, edition, oh, target edition uh, live laugh love on their wall because those are just three words. There's no art. That's a total left brain non art. There's like on no unconscious that that's not about living laughing or loving. It's the opposite. Well, on some level, there's some <laughs> some like, words or spells there. But the thing that I yeah. got to thinking of is it's kind of like, okay, so for those of you guys who have studied nutrition, you'll get a kick out of this. So grapefruit, okay? If you know anything about grapefruit, when you eat grapefruit, it's literally the fruit that keeps on giving because even after you eat it, it continues to like burn calories for you. So if you're trying to lose weight or whatever, you know, adding grapefruit into your diet probably be a good idea because it's going to keep working for you even when you're not doing anything. And the same is true for your art, you know, that's around your house. So wouldn't you like to be healing just by being at home, you know, just by, you know, getting up to go make yourself a cup of tea or go to the bathroom or relax, you know, and all of a sudden everything around you is working on your behalf yeah just, just like the grapefruit staring at a, a mandala <laughs> picture for for an hour meditating on it <laughs> more quotes another uh master of of symbolism jordan Wa maxwell Rest in peace. Um, the only way to truly understand the world is to understand the language of symbols and how they've been used to control us. Mm -hmm. Jordan has a great um, um, program on Gaia mm -hmm. um, about symbolism, and it, it just takes you from that those ancient symbols up to the modern world and 
now in the, the little slide we have here, found a little collage of all these corporate symbols that that have Masonic, you know, symbolism, pentagrams, uh, eternal flame of, of life, eagles, um, you know, tons of uh, solar, lunar, um, the Starbucks, Semiramis, Babylonian logo, um, the solar archer, arches of McDonald's. Stars, the yeah. pentagram. I mean, they're just, our, our world is, is surrounded with these. Um, corporations pay for high-end logo designers that totally understand how they imprint the consumer psyche with trust. You know, I remember years ago, 15 years ago, fireworks. Oh. Um, still have some people with some leftovers. <laughs> um, Walmart, uh, there's a great documentary that came out called Walmart, the the high cost of low price, and it just mm. just trashed the brand. I mean, just dragged them through the 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 sewer system, which they absolutely deserved. And so they had to hire a high-end consulting firm to rebrand the company. And that's when Walmart switched from the big black, the big block logos, red, you know, blue and white Walmart. And all of a sudden they came out with this lighter blue, yellow logo and a sun Mm -hmm. over the back because, you know, the sun, it's ever giving. It's so, it's so nourishing. Thank you, Walmart. You know, you see tons of banks that have the word sun, sun trust, you know, sun trust bank. How are you not going to trust in the sun? Give us your money. We'll make money off your money. Oh, great. <laughs> like, it's a very, it's a very we interesting. Make usury uh, look good. Yeah. It's a very interesting study to like get into this and then drive around and be conscious of what is, what's being spoken to you without any words whatsoever. Um, Julian Hawthorne, who's actually Nathaniel Hawthorne's son, said, probably our lives are full of symbols, which only an unacknowledged sense perceives. Spiritual events assume a material disguise in accordance with some creative principle, but do not insist on recognition. And this is, you know... This is 120 years ago. This person said this. This is before the the onslaught of like pure uh, corporate expansion in the U.S. It's like the symbols back then were, you know, political symbols, probably mm-hmm. a couple of brands. But he even knew. All in disguise. Hmm. <laughs> Wait, tarot. The true tarot is symbolism. It speaks no other language and offers no other signs. I mean, this is what I've based the whole mythic city method on is uh, the layering of these esoteric traditions. Um, gosh, the tarot. If, if you do not have a tarot deck and you don't have one of the older tarot decks like the hermetic tarot or the thoth deck or the writer wait smith deck now would be the time to pick one of those up because you can reprogram your subconscious mind just by pulling a card each day 
And uh, we'll be talking more about the tarot, I'm sure, in future episodes. But that would be the occult tool uh, to use. In fact, I am going to be releasing uh, the Occultist Guide to Tarot probably tomorrow. So depending on when you're listening to this, and it's basically uh, a workshop and uh, you're going to get to know the how the occultists really use the tarot. And it's not always really just for divination or even giving a reading. There is so much more of the story of life uh, encoded into every single card, the major and the minor arcana court cards and such. So pick yourself up a tarot deck and begin this process of communicating with your subconscious. I think Crowley had to outdo AE weight with the Rider weight deck. It's like, I'm going to out, I'm going to out symbolize. <laughs> Beautiful. You. They were love the Thoth deck. Vivid. They were, they were very uh, avid enemies. <laughs> <laughs> so lastly, uh quote by Carl, um, man, as we realize, if we reflect for a moment, never perceives anything fully or comprehends anything completely. Mm. Yeah, unless you study, unless you you uh, consciously make an effort to perceive correctly, to understand what's being said to you without any words, to to become in touch with your unconscious mind. All right, let's. All right, you guys. So we're going to wrap up this episode, but if you are ready to dive deeper, you're inspired by the concept of symbols and you're ready to attain true wealth, which is Gnosis. I want to encourage you guys to check out my brand new magazine called Bank of Gnosis. And you can learn more about how to subscribe. There is a free version and a paid subscriber version. It's also uh, my online journal. So I will be sharing personal uh, anecdotes and stories uh, about the Kundalini experience and all of the esoteric traditions that I am immersed in every single day. So check out the Bank of Gnosis magazine at sacredanarchy.org forward slash bank dash of dash gnosis. And like I said, I will be releasing the Occultist Guide to Tarot um, tomorrow. So if you're watching or listening to this episode and you're interested in that course, do check out the Sacred Anarchy Temple where I will be housing my introductory courses and classes uh, to get you started on your occult journey. All right, you guys. Uh, thanks so much for watching. Any final words, Chad, before we sign off? As always, thanks for uh, joining us. If you think you know anyone else would be interested, um, please invite them as well. Subscribe, share, do all that digital shit to uh, <laughs> spread the the word. Um, Till the next time, I own me, you own you. Agape. Awesome. Good night, everyone.